There's a big debate on how successful the Louisville Cardinals can be this upcoming football season on today's episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. We're going to try to sort through those, talking about the ceiling and the floor, why the ceiling is getting to the ACC championship game, and why the floor is winning at least eight games in 2023. So with that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. I also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. I want to take this time to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder that the show is free on all streaming services five days a week, your team. Every day. The football season is literally just over a month away. It is getting so close. I wanted to talk ceiling and floor um, and update the look on both. There's been a lot of discussion through social media, message boards about how successful Louisville should be. We're going to talk about why the ceiling is ACC championship, why the floor is winning at least eight games. We'll also throw in a mailbag segment with some solid questions to answer. So if you follow this podcast, at least over the past couple of months, you know that this is sort of something that we talk about in some sort of fashion pretty often. I mean, we talk about expectations frequently. We talk about ceiling here and there. We talk about floor. But the last time that we actually broke them down was Earlier on, you know, just after spring ball, April or May, one of the two, I can't remember when we talked about it, but it was over a couple months ago. I wanted to sort of have an updated look into that conversation because the season's right around the corner. I mean, August is legitimately on Tuesday. It starts on Tuesday, August 1st. Um, I wanted to have a more updated look because we have pretty much the finalized roster. Now, granted, there could be a player or two added You know, after August 1st, which I don't know of any names, but I guess it's possible. But for the most part, you have the roster finalized. And I feel like we have a better grasp on how teams should be or how good they should be, I should say. We have, um, you know, more realistic projected win totals, projected outlooks, season outlooks for teams. Um, And... I think it's it's time to have this conversation because it's a debate that I've been seeing happen more and more, and that's the ceiling, that's the floor. I will say this, because of a couple of national services, uh, both you know computerized rankings based upon last year's schedule and just the eye test, Louisville has one of, if not the weakest, schedule of almost all of the Power 5 teams. We've seen that across the board. Uh, according to the teams last year, you know, according to what the teams on the schedule this year did in the previous season. Now, granted, teams can overplay those expectations. They can underplay them. We just don't know. I mean, take Syracuse last year to start the season out. Dino Baber's team looked fantastic to start the season, and no one saw that coming. So, you know, it, it you have to take everything with a grain of salt. There's an asterisk. But on paper, I think it, it's – worth saying that Louisville's schedule is very favorable. That's not something that is new to anyone that is listening to this show, anyone that is not listening to this show. But we hear about the team ceiling. And I see a lot of people say, 
or, or the questions asked, well, how good should Louisville be? Give me a win total. And there's a lot of people that say 10 wins, 10 wins. That's the expectation. And I look at that and I'm like, I wish I could sit here and agree to that, that that's the expectation. Now, what I'm not saying is that what I don't want you all to take away from this is that I'm a pessimist or that I don't have faith or that, you know, I'm trying to not go out on a limb and, and put myself into a vulnerable situation where I'm wrong. I don't care about being wrong. I've been wrong once. I've been wrong a hundred million times. I will be wrong again. But I've said it time and time again that I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit. It's okay to be excited. It's okay to be optimistic. It's okay to have high expectations because I have high expectations. I'm excited about the season. I'm also optimistic. But I also understand that even though on paper this schedule is one of the easiest in the Power Five, there are still some potential roadblocks. There are some games that you have to look at. There's four in particular that I'm looking at right now that I think are going to determine how good this team's going to be. At NC State on September 29th. Notre Dame at home on October 7th. At Pittsburgh, October 14th. So that's a three-game stretch that's very critical. And then versus Kentucky to conclude the year. And then you have at Miami on November 18th. Who knows how good the Hurricanes are going to be. Duke has gotten some preseason steam. Um, But I do think that, you know, obviously Georgia Tech, Murray State, Indiana, Boston College, Virginia Tech, Virginia, those those should definitely be – pretty winnable games. I think Louisville's favorite in those. I think those are games that Louisville's going to win. But the ceiling is the ACC championship. And if you all don't recall, there's a different format this year. The format is the top two teams. There's no divisions anymore. The top two teams in terms of conference win percentage make the ACC championship game. This is where not having Clemson, not having Florida State, not having North Carolina really comes to help Louisville because most of their top opposition is out of conference. Louisville could go 9-3 and and still make the ACC championship game if those two losses are to Notre Dame and Kentucky and then one loss to you know NC State or Duke or Pittsburgh or Miami. But you handle business in the conference. Going to the ACC championship game automatically – assumes that you won a good amount of games. The ceiling, I don't like putting a win total on a ceiling because I I think that you're kind of capping it, and I'm not going to sit here and say that the ceiling's 12-0 because you have to be realistic. This is a realistic ceiling, right? If you made me pick a ceiling win totals, I'd probably say 11 because I don't think that this is going to be a a TCU-like turnaround although I think that the schedule offers the opportunity. I think that we are looking at this team. We're looking at everything the team did in the offseason. We're looking at who you have coming into the program coaching-wise and the schedule, and we're saying, okay, all-stars are aligning. Let's have a TCU-like run. Could it happen? Yes. Will it happen? I think people have to understand that just a couple plays can separate 10-2 and two and 8-4, and four, can separate 10-2 and two and 12-0. and oh can separate 6-6 six and six and 8-4. and four. What you are saying, if you are saying that the expectation is 10 wins, is that Louisville is going to handle business, the teams that they are supposed to beat, and they're going to split the toss-up games. Every single year, it seems like we see Louisville lose a toss-up game. We see them lose a game that they're not supposed to lose. And I think that expecting 
that everything's going to go right year one when Jeff Brom has never coached a game here. I think it's a little unfair. I understand the optimism. I understand, well, the schedule well, the schedule allows it to happen. I get it, and I've been preaching how favorable this schedule has been for three months now. I, I get that. But I also want to be realistic here, and I'm not one of those people that thinks that this team can't do that. Do not think that I'm saying that this team cannot do that because they definitely can. I'm saying that that shouldn't be the overall expectation right away. I think that the ceiling is that. I think the ceiling is getting to the ACC championship game. You know, potentially maybe going ten and two and eleven and one. I guess if you go ten and two and eleven and one, or especially eleven and one, you're probably flirting with the college football playoff. But I think that a ceiling. If you if you were to tell me that Louisville goes ten and two and makes the ACC championship game and, and goes to a New Year's Six bowl, I'm saying. That is probably best-case scenario, realistically speaking. I'm not one of those people that says, well, it's theoretically possible. I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn if it's theoretically possible. I mean, anything's possible in sports. I mean, if you're going to fall back on that argument, then you're opening Pandora's box. I'm saying that, realistically speaking, the ceiling is let's get to the ACC championship game, and then we will assess things after that because I think that everything that we've mentioned – plays into a favorable situation that if Louisville handles business, they're really going to be in a favorable position in that first week of December with a possible game in the ACC championship game for the first time in program history. But I'm not saying that I expect that, although the expectations aren't too far off. I mean, I'm not saying that this team's going to go six and six and barely be in the bowl eligibility picture. I think they're squarely going to be in the bowl eligibility picture, but like we'll discuss Throughout the season, there is it's very slim. The, the the margin of difference between eight and four, eight wins, ten wins, and twelve wins can be just a couple plays. And I think that saying that the ceiling is ten to eleven wins and the floor is eight wins, that's realistic. And there, although it's it, it may seem like a lot, there there's not a big margin of difference there because of just the nature of how important each and every game is. There's not a lot of opportunity for a slip-up, and I think that this schedule, although it is favorable, there's some tough games on this schedule. I don't think that Lowell is going to blow every team out. We're going to talk a little bit more about that schedule here in the next segment when we discuss why this team's floor should be eight wins. Lowell should realistically win eight games as the floor. I think anything less is a disappointment. We're going to talk about why here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is a fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right. The first time around, just add your ride to the My Garage section. Look for the green check to know that the part will fit or you get your money back. Just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. That's the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride! eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, let's talk about the floor. The floor of the 2023 college football season for the Louisville Cardinals, in my opinion, is eight wins. 
Now, we talked about realistic expectations um, a couple months ago, and I said that it was eight wins. I think I expected the team to win eight games. But I also said that the that the deviation could have been a little bit less. Like if the team won seven games, then I would have been like, eh, it's not the worst. But mm. this is where my opinion has altered a little bit because Wolves added some more players. They, I think that just getting a little bit more up-to-date in terms of my grasp of the ACC as a whole and doing a little bit more research into what each team is looking to project as, that's where I'm like, okay, eight wins is the four, in my opinion, realistically. That should be the team's four. Because as we mentioned that there's some toss-up games in the schedule, this is still, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the, the schedule warrants it. The roster warrants it. The coaching staff warrants it. The three sections that you look at, you have the schedule. We will talk about it a million times. You have gotten better on paper as a whole. Now, granted, you lost some key players from last year, but we mentioned Jeff Brom and company did a great job in the transfer portal, one of the best transfer portal windows of any coaching staff in this cycle. Not only did they go out and get key players, but they limited the amount of top standout producers leaving the program. You only had a couple, Monty Montgomery, Dorian Jones, uh, Luke Kandra, potentially K.J. Coyd. You didn't lose much, right, outside of those guys. And you returned some key guys. I think that overall there is a lot of reason for optimism. As you can say that the expectation shouldn't be 10 wins, you can still say that the expectations are pretty high. And I think that we have to look at ourselves in the mirror as a program and understand that this is a program that even in our heyday with Charlie Strong, with um, you know Bobby Petrino 1.0, that this has never been a program that consistently year in, year out, wins 10 games a year, especially not in the first year of a new coaching staff. Now, granted, I mean, you feel like the cupboard is a little bit better for Jeff Brom in year one than it was in Scott Satterfield in his first year, Charlie Strong in his first year, so on and so forth, right? But I do believe that we're a program that is historically winning. When, when it's a good program, or I'm, I'm sorry, when it's not when it's a good program, when the program is on the right track, you're a team that wins anywhere from seven to nine games with a casual or a you know, a, an occasional, I should say, not a casual, an occasional double-digit win season sprinkled in. And I think that that's realistic. So to come out right away and say 10 wins automatically, you're like, eh, maybe. Let's see we're at midseason. If Louisville starts out 5-0, and well, then you're definitely like, okay, yeah, let's get to 10 wins, which I think that that's definitely possible. If you get through that point of the season with NC State, Notre Dame, and Pittsburgh to where you win two out of the three and then you handle business before that and you're at one loss going into that game against Duke, then I think you could possibly then say, yeah, let's look at 10 wins. But the floor should be eight. I think that the floor is eight wins. I think that realistically, I think that right now, I if you made me pick what how many wins is Louisville going to have, I'm saying I'm going with nine wins. I think that that's where I'm at. I think that that's where I'm going to stay. Official answer, lock it in. That's where I'm at. I think that 
Um, you know, there are a good amount of games that Louisville should win. And let's look at those. I think that Georgia Tech, a game that Louisville should win. Murray State, Indiana, Boston College. Your first four games of the season are all games that you are going to be expected to win. And right out of the bat, you could go 4-0. and Then you have that three-game pocket to where – and I guess you could really make that a four-game pocket because the Duke game could be tough as well, even though that's at home. NC State, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, you're playing the Wolfpack and Pittsburgh on the road. You've always kind of struggled at NC State winning those games, and it's a Friday night game. You've struggled against, um, you know, Robert Anais, or Robert Anai, the offensive coordinator of NC State, when he was at Virginia, and then when he was at Syracuse, and now he's at NC State, and he has his old college quarterback in Brennan Armstrong to run that offense. They have a solid defense. Pittsburgh, solid defense, solid offensive line. You have those three games. You have Duke. If you can split, if you can win, I, I think that you're going to split that. That little frame right there, that four-game stretch is going to determine the overall ceiling, the overall floor of this team. It's going to be the telltale sign, assuming that Louisville handles business across the board. But those four games right there is where I have circled and highlighter about 30 times over as being the telltale sign collectively. I'm expecting that Louisville splits two of those four games. I think that they're probably going to lose to Notre Dame, but they could beat them. I think that they're going to essentially, uh, if they lose to Notre Dame, they're going to lose to one of NC State and Pittsburgh. I think that they're going to beat Duke and then split NC State and Pittsburgh. So you can kind of break it down into subsection. So you're looking now at, Eight and one after that. And I think that if you lose your last, actually, I'm sorry, seven and one. My apologies. No, 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 no. I said split. I'm a dummy. I'm sorry. You are at, I got to count because I'm stupid. Three, four. So you're at four games. You are at eight and two. Six and two. Sorry. I am all over the place and I do apologize. Um, you're at six and two. You have Virginia Tech, Virginia, Miami, Kentucky, the last four games of the season. And I think that that's where you're going to be projected to beat Virginia Tech and Virginia. And you should. And that gets you to eight wins right there. And then you're assuming that the floor is losing the last two games. That's the floor. And the floor is the, the bottom line. I think that that is the floor. My expectation is that they split one of those last two games. So you look at the schedule as a whole, you win the first four, you split the next four, and then essentially you win three out of the next four after that. And that gets you to nine and three. And you're essentially in the conversation to get to the ACC championship game because if you beat Miami and lose to Kentucky rather than beating Kentucky and losing to Miami, I think you're very well in the conversation because Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina are all going to be right there, right? So that's something that you have to keep in mind. But overall, I think a lot of people would say, I'd rather be 9-3, and beat Kentucky, and lose to Miami than be 9-3 and and beat Miami and lose to Kentucky. My question is, I want you all to leave a comment because this is a key question in my opinion. If you were given the hypothetical scenario of going nine and three, but if you beat Miami, if you, you so you're nine and three, and you have the opportunity to lose to Kentucky and beat Miami, or the vice versa, 
But the stipulations are if you beat Miami, you're in the ACC championship. If you beat Kentucky, you are not in the ACC championship. Would you? Which game would you rather win? Would you rather beat Miami and get to your first ACC championship? Or would you rather beat Kentucky and say, man, we're good because that's not going to have a lot of, you know, that's not going to have a lot of effect on the postseason because we're at nine wins and we're not going to make the playoffs. But we beat Kentucky for the first time in X amount of years since 2017. Which one would you rather have? Drop a comment below, comment on social media, so on and so forth. I'm excited to hear your, hear your all's answers. So, uh, But nonetheless, like I said, I think that the floor is eight wins for this team. And the ceiling is ACC championship. But we're not done with the show just yet. I, I do want to dive into a weekly mailbag. We haven't done so in quite some time. We're going to do that here momentarily. Before we do that, I want to thank you all again for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the show is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. Every dayers on the show for tomorrow, we're going to talk about the 502 Barbecue, the huge recruiting weekend over um, the past weekend. 24-7 Sports Director Steve Wiltfong said that this is one of the biggest recruiting weekends in program history. So we're definitely going to talk about that, talk about some of the five-star guys on campus, high four-stars, and more. So be sure to stay tuned for that episode. But to conclude the show, we're diving into a weekly mailbag. First question on the mailbag is how much do you think TJ Capers is going to play this season? That's a good question. I think that we're all kind of waiting to see. I think that fall camp is going to be a great indicator of how much he's going to play. It's just a matter of how much and in what role I think we're Immediately, we're going to see him on special teams. I think that in blowout victories, you're going to see him uh, in the defense in multiple different situations as a pass rusher, outside the linebacker in coverage, maybe inside the linebacker. We'll see. I think the Missouri State, uh, Murray State is a game that we're going to see a lot of TJ Capers. If Georgia Tech, Boston College, or Indiana turns into a blowout, you're going to see Capers on the field in that regard. But I think special teams early on with a role increasing throughout the season. So what that role looks like, TBD. But I think that that's for sure. Next question is, at times, Satterfield's offense looked pretty solid. Just how much better do you expect Jeff Brom's offense to be than Satterfield's offense, despite Satterfield's looking pretty good at times? I mean, yeah, I think a lot of that was due to personnel with Satterfield, um, Lee Cunningham, Bobby Petrino recruit, Tutu Atwell, Bobby Petrino recruit, Des Fitzpatrick, Bobby Petrino recruit, Javion Hawkins, Bobby Petrino recruit, uh, March on Ford, Bobby Petrino, right? I mean, y- you get where I'm where I'm coming from. Um, but Sat did bring in some guys. He brought in Tyler Hudson, brought in Tyon Evans, Travion Cooley, so on and so forth, Jawar Jordan. But at the end of the day, I think that his offenses were pretty predictable. I think that that was sort of an Achilles heel at times. Um, Wolves offense just never could reach that next level. I thought that at times that looked really good running the football in 2021, running it in 2022, but just couldn't get the passing game going. I I think that teams were able to get Louisville off the field if you could just stop them on first down because you kind of knew what they were doing throughout the process in the sequence of series. But, um, I, I mean, I think it's night and day in terms of play calling. I think it's going to be night and day in terms of execution as well, in terms of throwing the football. But, I mean, I, I understand that Satterfield's offenses did score, but Brom has had a tap. Uh, tap. 
a top 20 passing offense each and every season, but one in his coaching career as a head coach. So I, I think that that just goes to show you that it's going to be pretty significantly different despite, you know, Satterfield's offense is having some success. So what were your overall thoughts on the TBT? And do you think Louisville should have a team each year? 100% yes. I wasn't able to make any games or, um, you know, cover any, but I was able to watch some on TV and I was really, really excited to watch Peyton and Russ and Shane and Chinanu play a lot and seeing guys on the sidelines together, seeing Trez, seeing Wayne Blackshear, Luke Hancock, Kyle Couric playing as well. Um, just how packed Freedom Hall got, how rowdy people said it was. I- I'm ready for that excitement to be around this Louisville basketball program again, and that just kind of was sort of like a blast from the past. It obviously was a tough loss on Saturday, but nonetheless, I, I was really, really – um, I, I was happy to see Louisville get a team, and I want to see this every single year. I want to see guys like Preston Knowles get to play, um, Dang Adele, Ray Spalding, guys that um, either aren't playing professionally or are playing in a different part of the year. Um, I, want, I want to see some more guys play on this team, so I'm very, very excited. Hopefully that Louisville gets more teams in the future. So, Final question, what's the update on Tyler uh, Johnson and – can we expect anything um, soon in terms of news? I'll be honest with you. I, I don't know. I, I really don't. Um, at this point in time, I think that it is not um, – it is not um, – what's the one I'm looking for? Encouraging to sit here and wait early August or soon to be early August um, and wait for the eligibility or to see that if he's going to be eligible. Um, we'll see. I mean, I guess – the main thing is if he gets enrolled in fall classes, there's this rumor that he would be eligible in the spring, which really doesn't help the team because then he's a late addition and you have to sort of get him ready and you lose valuable reps in the first part of the year. So um, at this point, I'm not feeling encouraged. I don't necessarily know what the holdup is. I don't have any inside information. It's just my intuition at this point. But uh, unfortunately, uh, long story short, no, I don't have much information. So great questions to the mailbag. Thanks for everybody for reaching out with mailbag questions. If you have any, you can drop them down in comments below on YouTube videos, on social media at defense underscore, but be sure to tune in to the next mailbag next week. But that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.